Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Awesome. Glad you are joining us today. Uh, I'm sitting here not with Sam, but a man who looks a lot like Sam. Well, he looks you a little You think I look older, like Sam? A little older. Ryan, too. Now you, you think got, I look older than Sam? Yes, you look older than Sam. Yeah. Sam looks like he's eight years old. <laughs> But I'm sitting here with Ryan. You're listening to A Deeper Dive, and we are going to delve into Ryan's sermon this week. Sam mm-hmm. is out for the day, uh, but we're going to talk about it because Ryan walked through, uh, I think it was Mark 12. I yeah. know it was Mark 12, mm-hmm. but he walked through Mark 12 and kind of he told it, started out with a funny story about a duck and waddling. And if mm-hmm. you didn't know, I grew up on Waddle Street. So it reminded me of my childhood. Little odd fact there. So I lost you for like 30 minutes. You, your mind just started wondering. You didn't even come back. Yeah, yeah. Well, you never mind. Never mind. We won't go down that path. But uh, I want to remind you before we get going to like, share this podcast, uh, do all those kind of things. Uh, like I said, we're back into the book of Mark. We took a little hiatus there to walk through Multiply, um, and we're sitting here with Ryan. If you want to send in a question, I know I was actually in Moldova for the week, mm. and I was receiving questions for last week's podcast while really? I was in Moldova. It's kind of odd. I was on that weird texting plan that you can get international texting, and all these 96123s were coming And this in. was your spring break vacation, Moldova. Yes, year. I got to take three of my four children with the youth to Moldova. We'll, we'll get into that in okay. a minute. Okay. But again, if you want to send a question in, go to question to 96123, text the word question. Uh, it'll You'll get a prompt, follow that prompt, it'll get to me, several others, and we'll get those answered on this podcast. If you want to hear Ryan's sermon or Sam's from the week before, because you were on spring break, uh, if you're following the McKinney ISD calendar, uh, that's firstmckinney.com slash on demand. Like I said, Ryan, too, is sitting here. I'm excited because he subbed in for me, but we've never had the chance to just hang just out together. And this might go way off the rails, so I'll just <laughs> warn you, because the both of us like to kind of go off the chase the rabbit trails. Well, and you're known as the best storyteller no, no, on no, staff. No, you were no, voted that. Before so. we go. Yeah. Anyways, why don't you walk us through what you talked about this week? Yeah. So... Like Mark said, we've actually been walking through the book of Mark. We were in Mark 12 this week, and um, leading up, Jesus has done the triumphal entry. He has uh, cleansed the temple. He has pushed people out. And then the following day, he comes back, and he's teaching. And he is um, also, I don't know if he was voluntarily fielding questions, but he's fielding questions from Pharisees and Sadducees. And they were kind of bringing the heat, trying to corner him. And then uh, as you get into Mark 12, specifically verses 28, through 34 is where we were. A lot of people call it the great commandment. Uh, Jesus is quoting from Deuteronomy 6 when a scribe asked him, what is the uh, most important commandment of all? And so Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 6 and also Leviticus 19 and basically says, love Lord your God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. And so uh, we kind of did a little deep dive into obviously the context of Deuteronomy 6, why Jesus would even bring that up, and then um, how do we apply this to our life and the meaning of all that. And so really what we drew from this text was uh, the reality, just the, the truth points before we get to our application, is that God is love, God loves you, and God wants all of you. And then from that, uh, for those who are saved in Jesus, who are actually motivated by the gospel, by his love, to love him and then love others. And so that that summary of kind of the Christian living that we hear a lot, love God, 
love others. So that's what we said as our point of application. Which almost fits in right with First McKinney and totally. and our yes. uh, live and love like Jesus. Yeah, making disciples who live and love like Jesus. And, and I, that's what he's called us to do. You made fun of me for storytelling. You didn't make fun of me, but you were just... I teed you up, maybe. Uh, but I will say we are with the king of the staff for love your neighbor mm-hmm. because you are, if you didn't know, are the missions. Are oh, you talking about me? I thought you were going to talk about your mission trip. Missions with an trip. S. Maybe I Grant. was corrected in the PowerPoint yeah. this week. Yeah. Missions <laughs> minister, not just one mission, but multiple no, missions. All the active missions. But before we delve into your sermon, I do want to, is there anything exciting happening in the mission field? You know, we normally have Sam here. Yeah. So I want you to kind of, mm-hmm. I'll tee you up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you like to tell us about our mission field. It could be local, international, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've told folks um, one just incredibly impressive thing about this church, uh, such a gift uh, to me as I walked into this role about two years ago. Um, Our mission partners are represented. The ministries we've engaged with, some of them our own members who have gone to be those missionaries, uh, are existing in all the continents aside from obviously Antarctica and also Australia. So we have people in East Asia, West Asia, South Asia, Africa, Europe. Yeah, that was all Asia. You yes. said continents, but, those, but you just those listed specific, Asia. Well, you say Asia. I mean, there's just so many regions within that. Okay, all Africa, the Asias, keep going. All the Asias, uh, several regions within Africa, I think East, West, and South. Um, and then we also have South America and Western Europe and Eastern Europe. So not just the continents, but the regions within themselves. North, South America? Uh, North America, obviously, yes, that's where we're at. And we have some, but yeah, South America, we, we actually, Bolivia. Uh, Bolivia with Lifesong. And so we have several organizations who do. And the youth went to Peru. So there's yes. a little bit of partnership there. Yeah. Too. We actually got to take, um, a trip after, actually after y'all's trip, uh, because those partners are so excited about what happened. We sent some more folks down there, but I would say the missions team has really leaned in. We work with some lay leadership here to, uh, really push forward the mission. We find kind of champions or advocates for our different ministries we partner with. And so we have members who are leading out in that way, but really our focus is, Hey, let's go to the unreached people groups of the world. Let's see evangelism happening, meeting men and women of peace, building up disciples, and then seeing churches planted, the kingdom growing and a kind of self-sustainable. I have a buddy who says we want to see indigenous movements, sustainable movements and, and repeatable, meaning replicating, reproducing movements of church planning because then the, the kingdom's growing. And so we're, our, our eyes are on that kind of 1040 window where the unreached people groups are. But yeah, we have uh, incredible projects going on with a lot of the schools that we partner with that are doing an incredible job of discipleship and lifting people out of poverty. Uh, but yeah, we have uh, several missionaries in South Asia. I'm going to get to go visit some of them. We don't really reference their name or where they are for specific reasons, but going to get to go see them soon, uh, encourage them and find out, hey, how can we support you even better uh, than, than obviously praying and giving? How can we maybe bring some people here to, to assist you with whatever you're doing. And you even in your sermon mentioned locally, uh, I know we're doing multiple mm-hmm. things, but spe- one specific, you said Finch and yes. the Light and Learning Club, if oh I said my that gosh. correctly. Learning and Light Club. And the Hasslers. Yes. Yeah. And uh, um, one of the girls, I, I just got back from Moldova mm-hmm. and I got to go, thank you for praying for me, those of mm-hmm. you that were listening. And I got to take three kids, as I said. Yeah. But we were in schools and the the this should make your day, one of those moments. Mm. Um, the funny moment was we were basically doing English presentations. It was the first time for Campus Crusade or crew oh. to kind of open up some doors for them to get into the schools. And we do American presentation. Here's our culture. What's your culture like? Kind of mm-hmm. share in English classes and then break up in groups and speak English. And one of the girls we take questions heard 
uh, I'm sorry, the question was, what is a good American job? Okay. Only she heard, what is a good American joke? And without pausing at all said, a good American joke is, your mom is so fat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, one of our students said yes, that to, yes, the, to yes, the room? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, your mom no. is so fat. Followed up with, your mom oh, is so fat she doesn't, she can't ride on the school bus, I think was the whole Ooh, joke. That's actually a pretty good one. Uh, but- more impressive was there was no pause. It was like that's what she heard. <laughs> the second one was guess what? Guess what? Chicken butt. Oh wow! Those were the two jokes. She's just serving them up. Just not, amazing. Not knock joke. Not yes. why the Christmas crossed. Why the chicken crossed the road? Anything like Nothing that? No. Simple. She, your mom is so fat. Maybe a Bible joke would be a good one. Then she yeah. realized it was great American jobs uh -huh. and and went different. But it was a good trip. I know we had over fifty except Christ mm -hmm. because of those Praise English God. presentations. We were able to do rallies at night. Yeah. Uh, Grant went to a women's shelter. Uh, lots of people there, except Christ heard that. But uh, our church is alive and well with mm. missions. Now, well, and that's, and I just want to say yeah. that's a beautiful example of a member of our church got connected with Crew in Moldova. He championed that ministry here, got us rallied around that. We welcomed them in as a partner. And then our youth got to go with one of our mission partners, serve alongside those people. And yeah, sometimes when sh someone shows up to town or it's like, hey, the Americans are here. What, like, maybe they can teach us some English. Whatever that attraction is, they've used this to then share the gospel, um, build up new believers, and then the local church and ministries there actually get to carry that forward. So it's not a, we leave them high and dry. No, we have partners on the field who are going to continue this, and we just get to come and, and, and uh, give them a boost of energy sometimes. Like, you give them that motivation, that ability to even travel there. Uh, if I remember right, Moldova is one of the poorest countries in the European, European Union. Yes. So um, just the ability to go, and uh, obviously the people who go are blessed, but, man, um, the people who get to receive as well, saying, hey, we have people coming to us who want to lift us up and empower the church there. Uh, I know. I've seen it firsthand. It's just such a gift on both sides. Yeah. It, it was exciting. They normally have it. Those rallies crew puts on the night rallies. Mm -hmm. They have like 60 because mm. we were there doing presentations, whatever, because we're American. Not yeah. sure. Uh, they were having over 160, 170 come each mm -hmm. of the four nights we were there. The funny thing is you were referring to Johnny Barrett. Yes. They don't call him Johnny Barrett. You and I might call him Johnny or Johnny yeah, yeah, Barrett. Yeah. They call him Johnny Michael Barrett. And every crew member they there. They go full name on it, Yes, huh? they go all three. Do you know Johnny Michael Barrett? So oh, that's He's great. famous as yeah. the three-name person over there. But, very official. Okay. Very prominent. I said we would chase rabbit trails, but oh boy. we're way off. Let's get back on. Um, looking at your sermon, though, you opened up with, mm -hmm. um, basically, I'm going to summarize it. You can change it up how I said it, but people hear the, even people listening, you hear the truth, but you don't act on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm dealing with teenagers here. You, yes. They hear what they're supposed to do, but you don't do it. You mm -hmm. use the duck as the joke and waddling oh, yeah. and all that. But you hear and you don't do it. Why do you think people don't do? I mean, it's Jesus. It's yeah. God telling us, love God, love mm -hmm. others. Why do we not do it? The easy Bible answer is sin, right? So we're fallen. Uh, we're a mess. We can't do things perfectly. So that's, that's the easy answer. You could just close the door shut on that. But... Um, Something that I've, I've learned, I read this in a book. Uh, it was actually one of those little um, kind of thank you notes at the beginning of the book. And it was a father writing about his adoption experience. And he wrote the note to his sons. And he said, thank you 
for simply being in my life and teaching me so much about my relationship with God, because that is one of the gifts of being a parent. So I have a five and a two-year-old. I did not talk about this on Sunday, but the reality of I have, I actually went and did the math. I think I've told my children collectively (laughs) because of, I've been a parent for uh, almost six years now, but they're talking years and two of them. I, I did the math. I have told them to say please and thank you, yes or no, sir, at least 1,000 times. Three years. Uh, it does not get easier. No. And, and I don't even have yeah. 20-somethings older kids yet. I think I did it, it four years of talking children at 250, uh, one time a day, to, you know, 250 days Or the yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Add that one in there, too. Yes. So, and I have to tell them over and over and over because they're children. Well, guess what? If just if you want to use like a, a disparity kind of um, analogy, the God of the universe, the eternal father, we are his children and we act like children. So the reality that uh, we have to be told time and time and again, or, or just simply be reminded of the number one and number two thing we're supposed to do, love God, love others. Yeah, we need that reminder all the time. It does go back to that sermon Sam was preaching about having childlike faith. Yes. Just to connect yes. all these podcasts yeah. together. But, um, okay, let me ask you this, just changing gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. So looking at that, you were talking about individual. Mm-hmm. Okay, so take this from a corporate stance, because mm-hmm. you didn't talk about that on Sunday. Yeah. How is a church, because often churches are criticized mm-hmm. for how they behave, you know, we might come oh, in yeah. and, and look one way as a, as a church, and uh, so how do you teach yeah. this corporately? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's funny, like the, the verse that comes to mind, like John 13, Jesus says, they, they like the outside world, will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. And Galatians 6 calls us to love like the family of God, the church family, almost like, hey, start here, make sure that your family's taken care of. Like no parent, no family member would go serve the outside world and not have made sure that their kids at least had the meal in their home, right? Um, we can shrink our meals a bit for the benefit of others, but we're going to feed our family first because that's what we're called to do. And so um, when I think about all of this, like even back to as an adoptive father, knowing uh, and going through foster care training and seeing some of the horrific things that go on in children's lives, if you were to welcome someone into your home who's been through just, I mean, I'll just say it, who's been through hell and back, and um, you don't immediately go, okay, here's all the rules and here's how we play. <laughs> like, and you don't do this and you don't do that because they have hurts in their life that need some care. So sometimes you have a season of showing them what it looks like to be a part of the two family, to be part of the Presley family. As time goes on, your expectations will become higher and higher. So same goes for like, if the family of God, if the church has not treated someone well, sometimes a new believer who has all sorts of things going on in their life and Seasoned believers are not perfect, but some have grown to become more like Christ. So they're going to see less of those issues, right? But if someone has a lot of issues manifested in their life right now, they need a season of just tremendous amounts of grace. But as they grow, I think it'd be okay to say, hey, brother, sister, that thing that you kept doing that was really sinful at first, I, I think the proper expectation is that you slowly get away from that, that eventually as your eyes are set on Christ, you'll become more like him. You'll not want to do that as much. You'll actually want to do these things. You'll love God and love others more. Get away from those things. So starting just on the inside first, that the family of God, the church, the bride of Christ, knows how to treat one another, those with tremendous amounts of grace as they come in, but then also accountability to those who uh, are walking in Christ, take the name of Christ. Like, I don't want the church, the name of the church, the name of Jesus to be... uh, 
muddied or, or dirtied because of someone's actions, right? So we, we hold each other accountable. I think that that's where we just have to know how to do that better within the body. So that that's that's an issue. People like think, oh, yeah, the church did this or did that, or this is how they treated me. Sometimes they messed up. And then sometimes they may have been doing their job to hold you accountable as I hold my family accountable, as my wife holds me accountable, right? To, to be the man and husband I should aim to be for my family. But we extend grace to one another. If you are outside the church, if you don't know the laws of God, if you don't just simply love God and love others, the expectation should be, well, yeah, a bit, a lot lower going, hey, I'm going to show you just grace. I will speak truth when I need to, but I'm going to show you grace. So yes, uh, is there a church hurt inside and outside? Absolutely. Do we have to have our eyes fixed on Jesus and that will define how we live, love God and love others with all that we are, heart, mind, soul, and strength? Yes. But there's also kind of that stages and phases kind of thing where if you're new to my family, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to have to teach you for a while. If you've been in my family for 10 years, um, my expectations will be higher. Does that make sense? Yeah, and yeah. It, you're you're causing me to, I know you weren't going this way, to think about my own family. Mm -hmm. And even as I look through this passage with you yeah. after and kind of studied for this, it's not on here, so yeah. I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to talk for a minute and give you a chance to answer it. But mm. um, how do you raise your kids to love God and oh, love, love others. Oh, and I would say for me, it's by example, like taking them on yes. this mission trip. And I know everyone can't do that, but you can do things locally. How mm. do your kids see you? And it's more, I've talked about this with Sam, but it's more kind of preaching by example and mm -hmm. showing them. Um, even, even you were saying when you were talking about church hurt and asking forgiveness, there, there are times my kids and I might not get along the best. You know, I'm raising teenagers yeah. and uh, I'm now moving to the stage of a teenage girl, which is a whole nother level of praying for you. Not, yeah. not disagreement, not <laughs> argument. That's the wrong word. But there are times that you mess up and you oh, got yeah. to go say, okay, this is what I was trying, bud or buddy mm -hmm. or whatever. That's my key word for when I yeah. mess up or am upset. I it's go, your intimate talk. I yeah. go, buddy. Yeah. Um, Guards are down. But uh, yeah. So I think for me, the answer of the question I'm asking you mm -hmm. the same is how do you do it? And I said, leading by example, yeah. you know, and showing that. And I would say in the same way, going back to the church, mm -hmm. it's the church needs to lead by example as a global and, and reach out in the community, be part of, you know, hope women's clinic, things yeah. like that. Light and learn club mm -hmm. being involved in that. But if I can show my kids, it kind of lights that spark to the fire yeah. um, and gets them going. So they come back from Moldova. They've now, been able to share their story. One of the things impressive with Grant and our youth ministry and the crew team kept saying this is every one of the kids shares their testimony, mm. you know, and we, we make that's them ahead of time. I know that's prep. a standard he has going Correct. into it, which is, that's great. Now he would say, unfortunately, they don't all do it back in yeah. Texas and McKinney, Melissa, wherever they live, but they do it on the trip and hoping that's the spark. So yeah. back to the question, mm -hmm. how do you help raise your kids to love God, love others? Yeah. Really quick, by the way, I heard on that trip that there was at one point a sixth grader sharing with a college student. So just thinking about how incredible that is. Um, yes, discipleship in the home. Like how does a disciple our children? And uh, this is actually uh, one of the very first verses I ever prayed with my son and taught him how to do. And we do the motions and that's fun. <laughs> and we kind of delved a little more into that Deuteronomy 6 passage because Physically, it's actually kind of a fun one. Like, as you walk by the way, as you lie down, as you sit up, and you, you know, it's 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 a fun passage to kind of mess with. As far as like, if you're driving right now, do not do yes, that. Don't stand things. up, sit down, lay yeah. down, <laughs> or mess with the front list between your eyes. Just keep your eyes on the road. Even if you're driving a Tesla and it will drive itself, <laughs> don't do it. Oh man. Um, 
Yes. I think every parent knows that once as your child grows, they know your child is either, you know, if, if I have to categorize them in two ways, they're either going to not touch the the hot stove, oven, uh, burner because you told them, or no, they're going to have to touch it and learn themselves, right? They're going to have to get the burn and they'll learn their lesson. That Some are just more keen to obedience and some are not. Um, some need to learn their lesson. Everyone's sinful for we're all broken, right? So I will say you can have standards of how you parent, but you cannot parent every kid the same. Some some families, a lot of the kids are, are very similar, and that's great. Some not families have easy kids. <laughs> not in mine. Yeah, I right? do have easy kids, but yeah, my you, kids you are not You do have a same. lot of variety. I have good kids. Yeah, I have good and kids. the more kids you have, more after you are to variety. But all that to say, um, it's all of it. It's uh, being in Scripture with them, uh, speaking truth to them, um, sitting beside them and just relationship, right? Like that's so much of what discipleship is, is relationship. The old saying that rules without relationship equals rebellion. So, uh, you can tell your kids what's right and wrong. I once heard like as young kids, you are the cop. Like you just tell them black and white, (laughs) what's right and wrong. The next one, you're the coach. Hey, remember that thing I told you, I'm trying to help you. And then eventually become a consultant where, Hey, they're off on their own. And you're just kind of giving some advice as they go, but it's their company. It's their organization. It's their life. So, those phases, but all of it to say, you can teach and speak truth. You definitely nurture and minister and be gentle like Jesus and, and show him compassion. Like you said, say you're sorry if you mess up. Show him grace. Too much grace, right? Uh, sometimes you got to you gotta show him discipline too. So you have to find that. Let the Spirit lead. But then, like you said, experience. Like Jesus was on mission with his disciples. They didn't forget mountaintop moments. We The transfigurations right before this, right? Like they've seen him walk on water. They've seen him heal. They have seen him reveal his glory. Experiences with children. And I, I think even my own kids, I can see, I think one of them is going to require to see firsthand the tangible love that we show people. Because it could be, I, I know, especially with ministry, ministry kids, right? They look around and they go, yeah, they said all this, but we didn't live it in our home. Well, yeah. That's where they have to see you walk. So, hey, come come alongside of me. Follow me. We're going to go feed these people. We're going to go shelter these people. We're going to go help the sojourner. Guess what? We're going to go share the gospel with people. And so as they see us live it, as they, like, you, man, kudos to you. And I know that you'd be like, oh, you know, don't praise me. But you just took three of your kids to Eastern Europe on mission. Like, the profound impact that has on their lives, that it's not all talk for you guys. Like, you financially invested. You invested your time. You put yourself out there. Like, all that stuff. Like, let the rubber hit the road and let them experience that. And that's why, yes, going back to the original illustration, the the very first word that Jesus quotes at Deuteronomy 6 is, Hear, hear, O Israel. That word is Shema. And we said this on Sunday. I'll say it again. There is no word in ancient Hebrew for uh, obey. It's just hear and listen. And the expectation, expectation, the understanding for the old Jewish mind would be, take heed. Whatever I'm hearing, I will do. My authority is telling me I will do it. Now, Israel didn't do it. <laughs> That's why Jesus had to come. That's Praise God for our Savior. But the reality, especially for the Christian, kind of like we're talking about upping the ante of our expectations for one another, eventually, all these things you're hearing, especially in the Word of God, take heed, obey, follow, but it's motivated. It's motivated by our hearts, our love for Jesus that originate with His love for us. As First John 4 said, and I read it on Sunday, He loved us first. Like, we love because he loved us first. So that's our reaction. I, I am love, and therefore I will love back. And he, it all starts with him. Okay. All good. 
We've been very, not surface level, but this is deeper okay. dive. So I want to throw you a curveball. Come on. Uh, I'm about to hit baseball season with Eli, so mm-hmm. I'm going to throw you a curveball. I was a horrible batter. Um, well, he's, yeah. No, I was. Oh, okay. I was, I was a horrible say, batter. He's, he's pretty good. He hit, he hit oh, one over the fence great. in practice. The I was always day. scared. So uh, we'll see how this season goes, mm-hmm. but. Here's your curveball mm-hmm. or slider or sinker, not mm-hmm. spitball. I won't change up because of COVID. I won't give you Knuck, spitball. My dad throws a mean knuckleball. Yeah. <laughs> a knuckleball. Go ahead. Anyways, okay. At the very end of the passage, mm. he's talking to the scribe. Jesus is talking to the scribe. And mm-hmm. he says, You're close to the, I can't remember the exact words, but oh, you're not far from the kingdom. Mm. So the guy knows it, yeah. but he's not far from the kingdom. So dig a little deeper. We're right at the end of our time. But okay. what what does that mean? Why is he not in the kingdom? Yeah. Why is he not Love far him. from the kingdom? Yeah. Um, the scribe here, he is, uh, you can think of him as a lawyer. Like he knows the first five books of our Bible, of the Jewish Old Testament, uh, the writings of Moses, as, as they refer to him, that this is the law. And he knows it. He's a theologian. And um, when he comes to Jesus, and you can see in the tone of like verse 28, one of the scribes, I'll read it, one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. So you have Pharisees, Sadducees are asking Jesus questions. There's a little bit of a crowd. And it says this, and seeing that he answered them well, so he's kind of looking at Jesus favorably. Then he asks him, hey, you know, what's this, what's the greatest commandment? What's the, it says, which commandment is the most important of all? So he, he's onto something. He can see it. He can feel it. Uh, I, I think I said this on Sunday that, uh, maybe this guy has the key, like he has the answers. This guy seems to know what he's talking about. Um, for Jesus then to quote these verses, to tell him the, these two commandments, and then for his response to see, to tell Jesus that you were right, teacher. And then he kind of quotes back to him saying, these are indeed what we should do. And then it says, when Jesus saw that he answered wisely. So this guy's on the same wisdom train that Jesus is on, that Jesus says, yes, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Now, as I said Sunday, being not far from it, being on the right track is great. But a modern way to think about this is uh, so close, but no cigar. (laughs) Like, Jesus clearly, and this is hard, he draws a line in the sand in his ministry of being in or out, sheep or goat, heaven or hell. Like, and that is a hard reality. But this is like, this this was the call in the room on Sunday. This is the call in the text of anyone who cannot confidently say, yes, I know where I'm going. I know where I stand with my God, with my creator. And it's not because of anything I've done. It's because the life that he's given me the life that he lived for me, the death that he died for me, the feeding death, raising to life, giving me that by the gift of empowered by the Holy Spirit. So he's not far from the kingdom. He's on the right track. And that is great. Like he gets it. And Jesus sees that. And he, he affirms that and compliments that. And I'm sure that kind of felt good. And someone I would assume around him looks around, oh my gosh, like he just told him, like he's not far from the kingdom. What does that even mean? But being not far from it, being close to it is not in it. And the only way, as Jesus says, I am the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, yeah, it's the reality that it is only by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ, that someone is fully forgiven and welcomed into the kingdom of God as a citizen, as a son, as a daughter of the king, him as our father. And this guy's on the right track. He gets it. But Jesus has yet to go to the cross. Jesus has yet to fully fulfill all that's about to be offered. And these people will see this. And it tells us later in Acts, 
Many leaders and teachers were coming to faith from the Jewish faith to the Christian faith. Maybe this man was one of them because he could see it. He could feel it. He could taste it. Uh, but that culmination of our the full atonement had not taken place, right? So um, in just a few days from now in this text, Jesus will take on that man's sin and everyone around him to offer that, right? And so, yeah, he's on the right track, but not there yet. And you just set us up well. Uh, we're out of time, but I want to give you the final word before I do. Uh, just kind of prep you all ahead. We're headed towards Easter. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff online. Uh, if you're listening to this before Easter season, firstmckinney.com slash Easter. Um, again, you can go watch any of the sermons, firstmckinney.com slash on demand. Yeah. Uh, if you want to send in a question, uh, who knows who, who will sit here next week? Uh, Sam is preaching, but it might be Ryan and I again. <laughs> it might be Sam, but you are awesome. But uh, like, share, subscribe, mm-hmm. do all the things you would do to this podcast. Again, if you want to send in a question, text the word question 96123. Follow the prompt. Ryan, you are awesome. Uh, hmm. It's been great. Uh, it's been great to even see you develop as a preacher as as you're going. Hmm. And I look forward to. I know Sam has you down on a calendar for some times, maybe this summer, and yeah. even as we go into the fall. But uh, we will be in the Book of Mark for another few weeks, and then we move on to the Book of Daniel. And this week, uh, he's going to be in Mark 13, and even kind of looking some of that at prophecy, the prophecy yeah. stuff that is also found in Daniel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, give us the final word and close this out for me. Yeah. Love to. Um, as we just saw, we talked about in Mark 12 that our calling to live is is really simple. It's love God and love others. Like all of the law and prophets, all of that uh, that God is, is bottled up in this commandment. Well, the one giving us this commandment right now is actually the one who bottles all of it up is Jesus, like God in the flesh. And so the truth is, is that by his life, these are the realities that we see that God is love, that God loves you. And yes, he wants all of you. He wants every bit of you. And But because of our sin, we cannot do that perfectly. So we have to be in love with Jesus and his gospel and his offering and what God has done for us. So that is the invitation for anyone who does not know God, who does not love God, Simply submit, just surrender. That's what he asks of you. Place faith in Jesus. Be forgiven for all of our sins. Repent and believe. And then he, he will give us the motivation. He will give us his spirit to live these things out and to actually then love God and love others. So um, that's the invitation for the week. And I'm pumped for next week. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting question to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.